All right. Take your Bible, if you would. Genesis 21, please. I will to tell you this. I feel like somebody's going to get some help today. I do. Boy, I, I, I hope you get the help that God gave me on this one I'm going to preach today. It's just so good to be back in this pulpit. Love my church. I said I love my church. Amen. This is your church too, right? Oh, it's God's church. Quit trying to be so spiritual. You know you go here. We, all, we understand all that. We know the Lord. We got all that. By the way, you are the church. Amen. I don't love the building. I could do without the building. I couldn't do without you. So well, that ain't true, preacher. You preach the empty building. You can do without the building. Are you in Genesis 21? Verse number one. Last two times I've stood in this pulpit, I felt the breath of God. And I like it. I need it. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and buried Abraham a son in his old age, the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Could you imagine? Some of y'all complaining in your 20s having children. Abraham was a hundred years old. Amen. Sarah was 90, wasn't she? 90. Preacher, you can't have no baby when you're 90. Well, if you're a Bible believer, somebody did. And Sarah said, God had made me laugh so that all that here will laugh with me. She said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children a son, for I have been born a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now watch this now. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. You're getting ready to find out the whole problem in the Middle East today right here. The thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bond woman and all that Sarah have said unto thee. Hearken to her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now don't misunderstand, God wasn't pleased with what Abraham did. Because what Abraham did was wrong. Abraham didn't wait on God. Abraham should have waited on God. By not waiting on God, we have a mess we have today. It's a good lesson to learn right there. You listening, church? Good lesson learned. You better wait on God. Better wait on God. My daddy used to say, don't get the cart in front of the horse. Wait on God. Now, I want you to look, if you would. You know, you know a little bit about this. Now, I'm just going to go on because I want to preach a little bit of this. But if you go through here, you'll find out that what happens is, is, is Hagar takes her son, Ishmael. And uh, you kind of look at the whole idea here. Probably he's somewhere around 16 years of age, to be honest. You hear about the child, but literally, if you add up the numbers here, he's probably about 16. And she takes his son, her son, and she just goes out in the wilderness to die. She, he's laying there, I don't know if he's sick, tired, what? They have no water, they have no food. She puts him there underneath that bush about a bow shot away. And as far as Hagar, you got to understand, Hagar has been uh, mistreated by people that's supposed to be godly people. Abraham and Sarah. Another great life lesson we can learn right here. 
Not only are we all to wait on God, but as Christians, we better make sure that we don't hurt people that are not in order to get our way and what we want. Amen? And what we want. But here in the Word of God, I want you to see a verse. I want to help somebody today. Watch this. Bible said, and God heard the voice of the lad. Isn't it amazing? While Hagar is weeping, Ishmael is still at this time, at this time, praying to the God of Jacob. Still praying to God of Abraham at this time. All right? Now look back at it. God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, While later thee, Hagar, fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. I want you to look at the last three words of what that verse I just read. Where he is. I want to preach with the help of God this morning on a thought God gave me in my heart through a devotion. And I put down, and I think you'll, you'll see where I'm going here in a moment. I want to preach just for a few moments on this subject. He knows where you are. He knows where you are. See, there are people right now in this building today that really do not know where you are. You say, wait a minute, preacher, they can look across here and see where I'm at. Yeah, they may know where you're at physically. But do they really know where you're at emotionally? Do they really know where you're at in your spiritual life? Do they really know where you're at in your walk with God right now? Can I tell you this? Most people may not know where you are, but aren't you glad this morning that the Lord knows where we are this morning? I'm glad of that today. So I want to preach this for a few moments today, and I believe God's going to help us on He knows where you are. Let's bow together and pray. Father, Bless your word today. God, Brother James done such a wonderful job in the music. Thank you for the choir. Thank you for this great singing and playing this morning. Lord, thank you for the congregations gathered before me today. But Lord God, you already knew who was going to be here before we ever walked in the door. Lord, you already knew when I was putting this message together what was needed by who walks in these doors. You already knew that. Maybe even somebody watching by internet. God, you already knew what was needed here today. God, I pray, God, that Chris Hazel won't do a work today. I pray that God will do a work today. Just use your servant, and I'll thank you for it. For I ask it in Christ's name, and all God's people said, Amen. you can be seated. You going to sit up on your seat and listen to preaching now? You going to smile at your neighbor and smile at me? Say amen. Amen. Watch this now. Imagine Ishmael. You know the story, and I won't go into it a whole lot. But Abraham had promised, uh, God had promised Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And matter of fact, of that son, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And so Abraham, you know today, the nation of Israel is blessed by the sons of Abraham. But you also know the Palestinian conflict and all this going on in the Middle East. And if you study about Ishmael, you'll find out that a lot of the battle going on in the Middle East today is still a biblical battle from way back here between Abraham, between Isaac and Ishmael. And let me say this today, it is not going to get better. Listen, Donald Trump, uh, George Bush, President Obama, or Hillary Clinton, no one else is going to fix what's going on in the Middle East until the son of righteousness sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and it's all settled. It's not going to be fixed. It never has and it never will be by man. It's not going to happen. It goes a long way back and a lot of bitterness. So what took place is this. 
Abraham couldn't wait on God. Sarah got in a hurry. She wanted a child. So Abraham had a handmaid by the name of Hagar. And so uh, Abraham uh, had a child by this woman named Hagar who is known as Ishmael. And they didn't wait on God. And then God did what he said he'd do. And he gave them that child. And said there's a major conflict. And Sarah's jealous. And Ishmael's already mocking uh, at Isaac being born. And so they have this major conflict. So eventually, Sarah, who evidently was wearing the britches at that time, told Abraham, you need to get rid of her and that boy. And so Abraham ends up getting rid, sending out Hagar and sending out Ishmael. Since I'm out of the desert place, watch this now. When you find, when you find Ishmael and Hagar out in the desert place, you find a young man there that his mom has laid there underneath that, figuring he's going to die because he has nothing. Listen, he has no, uh, he ha- he's in the desert. He has no food. He has no water. It's all in the context of those 21 verses. He has no home. He has no dead. He has no inheritance. He has no future. To be honest, he doesn't even have a mama. His mama can't bear to watch him die. She's over there a little ways away from him thinking he's going to die. And it'd be hard for a mama to watch a child starve and thirst to death. While Hagar is over there and she she is distraught, Ishmael is praying. We don't see that side of Ishmael in our day. But Ishmael is praying and Ishmael hears from God. And then God says to Hagar, I know where he's at, I paraphrase. I know where he's at. In other words, isn't it amazing? But even though Ishmael was not the will of God, even though Ishmael was not what God wanted to happen, uh, even though Ishmael was not what they should have done, God still didn't forsake Ishmael because it wasn't Ishmael's fault. Uh, it was somebody else. Uh, and can I say this today? I'm glad God knows where I'm at and he knows where you're at. Uh, and I'm glad he'll never leave us nor forsake us. I'm glad the Lord knows where we are. Because let's all be honest, there have been times that we have disobeyed God, that we have done things that we ought to not done. And in chapter 21, verse 17, he says, Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad. And here's what he said. Don't miss this phrase. Man, this just jumped out at me. Don't miss this. Where he is. Brother James, that's good. Now watch this. What God is saying is, is I know right where you are. I know right where you are. What God is saying to you today, no matter what you're going through, Miss Mary, no matter what you're going through today, uh, Miss Pam, uh, no matter what you're going through in your life, Brother Michael, no matter what you're going through in the battles you're facing, the trials you're going through, you know what God is saying? God's saying, I know exactly where you are. Friend, he might not always take me out of it, but I'll tell you this, he knows where I'm at, and he loves me, and he will not forsake me. I believe that God will do right by his children according to his providential will. You believe that? Say amen today. I believe that. 
I got a few things I jotted down. I didn't alliterate them because I thought I'd, I'd just, if you alliterate them, I think you'd lose what I want to say because you're trying too hard to get words to feed instead of sharing what I want to share. So I want to say, first of all, watch this. Maybe you're here today, I'm preaching now, listen now, I'm preaching on he knows where you are from that very statement where he is. Let me say, first of all, today, are you hurting today and out of answers for the pain? Are you hurting today and out of answers for the pain? Brother Robert, you can relate to that. You can relate to that. Second, third, whatever, surgery, more than that. Pain's still there. But it not just could be pain physically in the back. It could be pain in your life. It could be pain in your family. It could be pain somewhere. Hey, listen, can I ask you a question today? Can you imagine Hagar and the pain she must feel? Hey, could you imagine mama having to watch your young and die starving to death because some people that's supposed to be Christian or at least Bible believers uh, didn't do what was right? And now because of that, you're a product of that. Are you hurting today and out of answers for the pain? Have you ever been to that place in your life? My brother said he visited Dr. Jack Lemons this past week, who was his pastor. And Dr. Jack Lemons had a stroke late all night long in his driveway. All night to the next day, major stroke. His wife was in the hospital at the time having surgery. Dr. Jack Lemons is one of the kindest, sweetest men I've ever known. Loves people. Been a great pastor of the McLeansville Baptist Church for years. He went to see Brother Jack who's going through rehab from that stroke. His speech is back good. His arm is, is moving a little, very little, because you understand when major strokes happen, you've got to get somebody to help right then. He laid there all night long before somebody found him. That was because they threw a paper out and saw him laying in the driveway. I asked my brother, how was he doing? He said a little more somber than normal. But he said the real thing was, is he thinks God's through with him. He'll never get to preach again. And he feels like that's all his life is. Can I tell you something? I'm a preacher. This is what I do. This is who I am. Maybe you're hurting today and you're out of answers for the pain. Job was like that in Job 23.10. Here's what he said. But he knoweth the way that I take. Brother Barry, you know the way that I take. I know that. Listen, that pain, I don't know that pain. I don't know that pain. Only one who would know that pain in this building is another, is another parent that's lost a child. That's the only one who know it. You can say you know it. You can try to sympathize that you know it. But until you've experienced that pain, there is no way that you could possibly know what that's like. But the Bible says, Job said, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Listen to what else Job said in Job 28. These verses came to my mind as I was thinking about this message. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. What did he say about Ishmael? He said, I heard the voice of the lad where he is. Listen to this verse. God understands the way thereof and he knoweth the place thereof. Preacher, I don't understand this pain. I, I don't understand. I don't have an answer for this pain. Well, let me say this. If you're hurting today and out of answers for the pain, I'm still convinced God knows where you are. 
I'm still convinced of that. I, you say, preacher, that didn't make it easier. You know what? I think it does because here's the thing. I think when you're going through something in your life, it's very comforting. No, hey, I don't know what this plot's about. I don't know why God wants me here, but I do know this. If I'm going through it, I'm glad I'm not going through it alone. I, I'm glad the Lord knows where I'm at. I'm glad God knows where I'm at and he can help me through it. Number two, watch this. Do you feel rejected? You ever felt rejected? Say, preacher, rejected, what do you mean? Let's go back again. Hagar's kicked out. Ishmael's kicked out. They've been rejected. Can you imagine? Abraham probably, Abraham probably was trying to treat Ishmael right. Sarah gets sideways. They literally kick, they literally kick this woman and her child out. You ever felt rejected? You ever felt somebody reject you or you ever felt that rejection in your life? I don't need nobody, preacher. You're, you're full of malarkey. You can say that all you want, but people don't like rejection. People don't like rejection. People don't like people. Listen, even as a preacher, I, I want people to come to Calvary. I don't, want, I don't want to be rejected by people. I want people to enjoy what God does. I want to enjoy my, my ministry. I, we, but listen, I'm telling you, sometimes there are people walking inside of our doors, and honestly, Brother Crabtree, they're rejected. They, they've been through uh, rejection. They, they feel let down. They, they feel like, man, alive, somebody's turned the other way. Well, friend, can I say this today? I cannot promise you in your life that others will not reject you. But what I can promise is God knows where you are and God loves you and God will never reject you. You can come to him just like you are. Amen. I've heard statistically that one of the biggest problems that teenagers have is the fear of rejection. So they get so involved with peer pressure and they do things they normally wouldn't do because they're afraid of rejection. Can I say this to you today? Nobody, listen, nobody's rejected like, like Hagar and Ishmael were. They were kicked out and rejected. Amen. Number three, watch this this morning. I want to help somebody. Listen. Does God seem distant and silent? Have you ever had God to seem distant and silent? Can I say something to you today? Can I say this without any reservation at all? God does not move. He's immutable. He does not move. Understand that God is fixed. And God is who he is. And we've got to understand that God himself would not leave us alone. He would not. I'm convinced of that. If I wasn't convinced of it, I'd get out of it. I'm not going to serve a God of our Father who doesn't care about me. You say, well, preacher, he saved you from hell. Sure he did. But he also said he cares about me even beyond that. Does God seem distant to somebody or silent? You know what? It's tough when God is silent. Matter of fact, you'll find in the Word of God, you'll find in the Word of God where he went silent from the book of Malachi 400 years until we get to Matthew. God didn't say a word. He just went silent. We call it the intertestamental period. He just went silent. God said, you want it this way, you can have it. And for 400 years, God never gave them a word. Can I tell you this? Saddest thing God could ever do to any of us is leave us alone. Amen. Amen. Saddest thing God could ever do to any of us is leave us alone. But there's somebody probably sitting in this building. And it's been a while since you felt the touch of God. It's been a while. It seemed like God's been silent. It's been a while since God stirred in your heart. Can I just say this to you today? That's not God's fault. 
Can I tell you this? Any time in my life that I don't feel like that I am where I, my relationship is with the Lord, it's never God's fault. I, it really isn't. I'll be totally honest with you. You can blame anything. You can blame health. You can blame other people. You can blame, you can blame the, the church, the preacher, the whatever. But I'm telling you, when God is silent or when we are cold, it is not everybody else's fault. God doesn't move. That's the hardest thing about being a pastor is watch people go through this lukewarmness, up and down. I looked around a while ago, and of course it filled up pretty decent after we talked, Brother Randy. But Brother Randy said, man, where in the world is everybody? I said, I don't know. I said, evidently we need a preacher who can motivate them to get here. He said, that ain't the problem. Can, can I tell you this? Honestly, sometimes people got to realize every day ain't going to be zippity-doo-dah. Serving God every day of your life is not going to be you're up on time. You, you listen, sometimes God's going to be silent. Sometimes you just got to wait on the voice from God. Sometimes you got to wait on the word from the Lord. Sometimes you just got to keep doing right because it's right to do right and just wait on God and let God do what he needs to do. Besides quitting, dropping out. Oh, it don't go your way. You got some problems, so you're just going to drop by the wayside. How much love for God is that? Well, preacher, I just don't know where God's at. Well, he's he, he same place he's always been. Right? You think God can be silent intentionally? Absolutely. I do. But I will say this. Habakkuk said it well. Habakkuk 1, 2, one of my favorite passages, especially for eight books on revival. Here's what Habakkuk said. Oh, long how, uh, oh Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear, even cry out unto thee of violence and thou will not say. Habakkuk said, Lord, I'm telling you, it seemed like everybody in the world's doing fine. And I'm struggling here, God. You know, you know what God told Habakkuk? He said, Habakkuk, you just wait because I'm going to do a work in your days that though it be told you, not believe it. Paraphrase. Here's what he said. He said, back, I'm going to do something, but you can't get in a hurry. Put the cart in front of the horse. You can't go about quitting, dropping out on me, quit preaching. You've just got to keep on doing what you're doing. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. That's right. Man, I've been doing this 31 years. Listen, there have been times, there have been them rainy seasons where God's just showering us with blessings. And there have been other times, it's been drier and yesterday's stale rich cracker. But you know what? He's still God. Amen. Press on, child of God. Press on, weary soldier. You cannot, you cannot say, well, God's silent. I need to, oh no. He's still there. He knows, according to the Bible, he knows where he is. Does God seem distant, silent? Number four, real quickly. Do you feel guilty because of repeated sin? Could you imagine what Hagar must have felt like? I had this child with Abraham. It wasn't the will of God. Now I'm punished. My boy's going to die. It was not only costing her, but it was costing her son. There may be someone in this building. And listen, God knows where you are. Don't you listen to me? God knows where you are. Maybe nobody else knows where you are when the doors are closed, but God does. Maybe nobody else knows where you are when nobody else can see you, but God does. God knows where you are. God knows what you're like. You may have something in your life today and you say, Preacher, I just don't feel what I think I ought to be feeling spiritually. Don't blame God. 
Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame your church. Just look at your life. Look at your life. Are you obedient? Are you living like you ought to be living? Is those quiet times what they ought to be? Is sin dealt with? I'm convinced in my heart that we got to make sure that we're right. Are you hurting today and out of answers for the pain? Number two, do you feel rejected? Certainly she did. Does God seem distant and silent? Number four, do you feel guilty because of repeated sin? And then finally, are you bitter over what you've been going through? Do you know what? There is no doubt today that what's happening in the Middle East is bitterness. And you know what? When you study the Bible, and I'm I'm for the nation of Israel, God had a plan. He was going to bless the nation of Israel through Abraham's seed. God had that plan, but God didn't have robots, and God didn't make me. God did create with a will, whether whether, whether some hyper Calvinist likes it or not. God did create us with a will. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I want you to understand this, that literally I can see during the Bible why he's me would have been just bitter. Abraham stepped out of God's will. Sarah stepped out of God's will. Of course, Hagar did as well. But Ishmael's a product. Ishmael's a product. And you know what? That bitterness today That bitterness today, those World Trade Centers, bombings just recently in Brussels, the hatred in the Middle East, all stems from bitterness. All Scripture is not for us, but all Scripture is to us. All Scripture is not to us, but for us, I should say. But I want you to listen. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to be bitter or better? What are we going to do in our life? Are we going to be bitter or better? Are we going to let God silence? Are we going to let the rejection? Are we going to let things in our life make us bitter or better? I've just decided in my life, and I have to work on this daily, but I've decided I want to be happy. And you know what I've learned? Happiness is something you've got to work at. I'm not kidding you. Sometimes things will get on my nerves and I'll walk through the garage or walk outside and I will literally say to myself, Chris, you need to get over it. Right? Going to be bitter or better? Is anybody listening? I guarantee somebody here right now and you feel like God ain't give you a fair shake. If you ain't careful, you'll start looking around at people that don't live for God, don't serve God, don't care about God. And you'll think, well, I think I'm just going to go live like they do. Yeah, give out a shot. If you're his child, give out a shot. It's bad enough you're going through what you're going through. Now you've got to get a belt on your backside. Give out a shot. 
I don't want to sound bad in saying this, but this world is not our home anyway. I mean, literally, God's got bigger things for us one day, but my soul, we all got to admit, hadn't the Lord been good to us even down here? I'm just going to choose, I'm going to choose to be happy. It's not a Joel Osteen message. But I'm going to choose to be, I, I'm not going to go through my life being some bitter old coop. <laughs> right? You say, well, you, well can, can people get on your nerves? Sure. Build a bridge. Can somebody let you down? Yeah, try 31 years of pastoring. Build a bridge. I can do with people in my life. I can do without them. I'm being honest. I ain't going to quit serving God because you get bitter and you quit. I ain't going to quit serving God. I'm not going to quit serving God because somebody else turned on God. Hey, hey, you know, boy, you let a preacher fall and the next thing you know, oh, that's not a preacher falling. Well, praise God, I know a whole lot of others that have not failed that are still staying by the staff. And honey, I'm 30-something years down the road of doing it and I'm enjoying it more right now than I ever have. And I'm subject to fall, but it'll help me if I stay happier. I mean, I think some people work hard to be miserable. Yeah. Truth. Start missing church. Shame on you start missing church because everything don't go your way. <laughs> Good night. That's the last time somebody spit in your face. Threw a crown of thorns on your head. Beat you beyond recognition. Threw a cross on your back with somebody else's sin. When's the last time somebody did that to you? You're going to quit because it's a little rough. <laughs> oh, we're all like that. Jeremiah tried it. I'm done with this crowd. Habakkuk said, God, you don't care about me. All I see is everybody else doing well. And let's be totally honest. There have been times you writing that tithing check or you paying that missions or you being faithful to church and then you're going through and a lot of y'all, I know, I'm your pastor, and you go through all this stuff, man, all of a sudden, well, I think I'd be better off stay home. Why would you be better off stay home? Why would you be better? My soul, you don't need, Lord, I'm thinking, can I preach a minute? You don't need to run from God. You need to run to God and get some help. You and Miss Amy get a song together. Hallelujah. Boy, I told y'all. I told you. I knew. I knew when I was putting this guy, I said, Lord, somebody's going to get some help today. And it might have been me. I mean, listen, you know what, Paul? You know what? Uh, was it Paul? Who was it? Or, 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 who was that? I think myself happy. Paul, right? I think myself happy. You ever try to think yourself happy? Everybody right now have a happy thought. For some of y'all, here's can be church is almost over. I mean, have a happy thought. Just right now, real quick, I'm being honest. Everybody have a happy thought. Have a happy thought right now. Think of something that makes you happy. Does anybody got anything that makes you happy? Right? Do anybody have a happy thought? Do you have a happy thought? What was your happy thought? Going to Pennsylvania. That's a happy thought. Why don't anybody want to cross the Mason-Dixon and be happy? I don't know. But going to Pennsylvania. Amen. I'm not going to ask y'all because some of y'all, I don't want to know what your happy thoughts are. But I, I'm telling we want to keep his church to do it. We want to keep it spiritual. Amen. But I'm telling you, have, you know what? Honestly, honest before God, you'd be surprised just enjoying your day when they're just loving the Lord. Amen. Somebody's getting some help. 
Because there's somebody walking in this building thinking, God don't care where I'm at. He don't want to help me. You know what he said about Ishmael? He said, I know where he is. I can't wait to preach this on the road too. I mean, God just, this thing is burning in me. I'm getting so sick of people quitting. It, It just drives me insane if I didn't think happy thoughts. When I look around my church and I see people, they, why ain't you in church? Amen. What in the world are you doing at home? Yeah. Right. 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 You think it's going to get better because you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself? Right. Right. It's not going to get better. Right. Right. I have people tell me, oh, preacher, I'm going to get back in church and get right. They don't last a week. Yeah. You know why? Because as soon as they get out of church, they go back home, clop down the recliner, and woe is me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Bless my heart. Did you know all of us have problems? Brother Charlie, have you ever had a problem? I know Miss Betsy does. Hey, Amen. Yes, sir. Right? Sure. What's the option? Quit? Is that going to make it better? Can I tell you something? I've been pastoring, stand to your feet. I've been pastoring, now I'm talking about pastoring. I'm trying to think. Miss Wendy, I guess I'd have to say 29 years, right? Because two of those have been evangelism. So 31 years of ministry, have been pastoring people 29 years. I want you to listen to me. And I feel sorry for the people that first started out with me. Because I was 20 years old, didn't know nothing. Still don't know a whole lot. But boy, they took a whole lot of abuse. Some of them are still serving God, and I praise the Lord for that. They're going to get a special crown in glory. But I want you to listen to me. I'm a seasoned guy now. I'm 52 years old. Gray hair on my head. Been preaching 31 years of my life, 29 of as a pastor. And I want you to listen to me. There ain't nowhere to go apart from Him. Well, I've cried myself to Well, I don't know if I've ever cried myself to sleep. That's exaggeration. But I've been broken where I went to bed in tears over people that turned away from me or walked away. I've been hurt by people that I never thought would hurt me. I've watched some of my heroes completely fail and get out of the ministry. But I'm going to be honest with you. This is what I am. This is what I do. So what I got to do is I got to look at some of y'all. Because see, that keeps me going. Happy thoughts. What is Jeff Rebecca's little girls going to do if the preacher says, you know what? I'm done with God. What's them little babies going to do like Joseph Lee Thomas? Like all these little ones being born. What's these young preachers like Brother Brandon and Brother John and others? What, what are they, Alex and others? What are they going to do? If because it don't all go my way. He knows where you are. Brother Tommy, I know things that break your heart. I've been your pastor going 15 years. And I know one of the things right now breaks your heart. I know it and you know what it is. She quit. 
And grandbabies can't afford grandpa to quit. They can't afford grandpa to quit. Miss Pam, I know that pains every day. But what do you get out of quitting? Brother Robert, I pray for you. I know the devil. And I guarantee he's been in your ear. Because I know the devil. But what does Robert Dane or Chris Hazlip deserve? I mean, what does God really owe us? Why don't you today be thankful that God knows where you are? He said, I, do y'all feel the touch I feel? He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, but preacher, sometimes it's hard. Life is hard. I was convinced a week ago I had colon cancer. All these women in the church that are nurses been fussing me about going having colonoscopy. I think of them as just, they just, they want me to go through it. And man, I'll be honest, I preached a week ago and I talked to my wife every day and my stomach, something's gone major wrong. Had then, had then. And you know how we all are, we look up WebMD. And everything they diagnosed me with, I wasn't gonna make it to this week. I walk out of shower one day and the TV's on and it's about colonoscopies and you might have colon cancer. And I walk out and thought, wow, is that a sign? <laughs> then I walked out another time and some polar bear was having a baby. That wasn't a sign I was going to have a polar bear. <laughs> but you know what? Let's be honest. Dust we came. Dust we will return. But every day you got breath in you. And God's giving you another day. Rejoice in the Lord. Somebody asked me, what do I think about Friday the 13th? Now, I'll be honest with you, when you do stuff like I do, motorcycles, bicycles through the woods, you're thinking Friday 13th, little demon jumping out, pushing you into a tree. But I got a verse for Friday 13th. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not looking at the stars. I'm not looking at a horoscope. I'm looking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is a day that the Lord hath made. Amen. You got a good song, don't you? I want to give an invitation. Can I say this while I'm giving it? God knew you'd be here today. God knew what I'd preach. And I'm telling you, it's a good day to get some help. Amen. Brother James is going to take us into the music part of the invitation. Why don't you mind the Lord right now? Come down here and say, Lord, to the best of my ability, I'm going to stay with Jesus. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean on you. 
I'm going to depend on you. Oh, soul, are you weary? He knows where you are. He knows where you are. No light in the darkness you see. He knows where you are. There's light for a look at the Savior. Lord, Sing that great chorus, sing it, yes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you feel that nudge, Mother Butch? Look for feel that nudge from another world. His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strange. All that oppression. God will give you victory. Praying for you, Miss Amy. God give you victory. He knows where you are. of his glory and 
you look this way today. I preached longer today than I have preached, and I couldn't tell you when. I didn't realize the time, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to apologize for it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, somebody got some help. 